Bring out the talent. Bring out the talent. Bring out the talent. Welcome to Bring Out the Talent, a podcast featuring learning and development experts discussing innovative approaches and industry insights. Tune in to hear our talent help develop yours. Now here are your hosts, PTA's CEO and President Maria Melfa and Talent Manager Jocelyn Allen. So hello, everybody. This is Maria. And this is Jocelyn. We're excited to have you back with us again. We're obviously having a good time over here. So we are going to be communicating about a very important topic, communication. So let's get started. Jocelyn, don't laugh at me. Here is a question for you all to think about. Do you know the true cost of poor communication within your organization? If you're like many, it's considerably overlooked and vastly undercalculated. A recent survey of 400 companies with over 100,000 employees revealed that the average loss per company was $62.4 million per year because of an inadequate communication, both to employees and between employees. In a separate study, it was discovered that miscommunication costs smaller companies with 100 employees an average of $420,000 per year. Can you afford not to focus on effective communication skills in your workplace? In today's episode, we address effective communication skills in the workplace with Michael Broussard. Michael is a communications expert, master trainer, coach, and a TTA favorite consultant. With over 20 years of experience, Michael has delivered hundreds of workshops across the world. He is captivated by the power of communication and believes that the ability to communicate ideas clearly and confidently is a critical life skill. And I agree with that, Michael. Welcome, Michael. Awesome. Thank you. Very happy to be here. I am very excited. I'll try to control that a little bit, but I'm very excited. No reason to control it. You're amongst your people here, Michael. We're so excited to have you. So thank you for joining us. To say you're passionate about communication would not only be an understatement, but it's like you're saying you're passionate about breathing, right? Like, you know, I'm passionate about talking and making sure that ideas are communicated effectively, but there's something a little bit different about why you say this and like where it comes from for you. It's, it's, you have a specific reason on why effective communication and teaching people about its importance is a passion of yours. Can you take us on the journey of what that story is? Yeah, I will. I'd like to go back a little bit, kind of the beginning, because I was fascinated by thinking about what was it that really got me into really wanting to help people be better at communicating. And I can actually go all the way back to middle school. Believe it or not, I I had a friend who said, Michael, you you should join the drama class with me. And I'm thinking drama class, I I don't want to be in drama. But then I thought, you know what, maybe it'll be fun. So I joined the drama class. Lo and behold, what did I discover is that, you know, I could I could get up in front of people and speak to large groups, didn't get nervous. I had a knack for it. I was pretty good at it. I'm like, wow, this is fun. But then I found myself helping others get better. And this was in seventh grade. I mean, I'm helping people. I'm coaching people in seventh grade be better communicators. And I thought, you know, this is something I don't know. I'm only in seventh grade. I'm a teenager, but I don't know. There may be something to this. And that led to, you know, later in life, I I went through college, I went through, you know, high school and college, and I still love communicating. And I thought, 
after school, why don't I go into sales because I'm really good at talking to people and I can develop relationships. And um, that continued to stoke the fire. What's really interesting is that it stoked the fire, but throughout my career, when I jumped into a sales role, I started noticing that people were struggling to communicate, even as salespeople. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, so can I help these people? So it's been in me for a long time. And I've always had this desire to help people communicate clearly because it's interesting. You've got these brilliant people in the world who have great ideas and you listen to them speak and you're thinking, oh my goodness, I can help you. I can help you because when we're unable to communicate, how do we get ideas approved? How do we get recommendations approved? How do we get a promotion? You know, so that's really where it comes from for me. It started early on as a teenager and I've just been able to work through it and finally be in a position in my life where I can do this full time. Wonderful story. And it's great that your passion is your career. Yes, Mm -hmm. for sure. So obviously we talked about our focus today being diving into effective communication in the workplace specifically. I know that when you and I had talked and what you just said, you were noticing, I think the way that you put it was, I was in a room full of people who like for lack of a better word, were smarter than me, but like wouldn't know it because I was communicating better than they were, right? So um, why is it specifically that these skills are so important? Like what is missing if effective communication is also missing? It goes back to what you just said about me being in that room and I'm speaking to people like, my gosh, Michael is the most brilliant person in the world. I'm like, you know, no, I'm not really. You're way smarter than me. I agree with that. And that's what was happening. But here's what what I really learned is that when we are unable to communicate effectively, we are not as successful in our careers. I mean, unfortunately, it is just the truth. Engineers, I know engineers who are brilliant at engineering because I worked at HP for 21 years and I met engineers and they were brilliant and they were smart and they could talk circles around me when it comes to engineering and technical. But when they get up to speak, there were some challenges. What's interesting is you would think at a company like HP, well, you know, we'll understand that engineers, you know, they're not really speakers. But what's so fascinating is I still saw engineers that didn't get promoted because they couldn't communicate well. But they were smart. They could, they could design a circuit board better than anybody in the world. And so for me, when we really think about why they're so important, they're so important, yes, absolutely, as I've just talked about, in our business lives. But think about our personal lives. This is not just about business. Think about our personal lives. Think about our relationships. Think about if we can communicate better with our spouses, with our partners, with our children, with our friends how much better our relationships can be. I am sure we can all think of a few, a hundred plus times that we wish we would have communicated better with the family member, right? I mean, so that's why it's critical. That's why I think it's a critical life skill. It's not just for our work life. It is for our entire life. Everything we do, we're communicating, right? That's what we do. We are humans and humans interact via communication and telling stories. And I just feel so passionate about it that that's what I want to do. I want to help people do that because it is so critical for, again, our lives, not work, not play. It is everything. There are so many moments. And I think you and I have talked about it before, Maria, where I'm like, it could have been eight years ago. And I remember how cringy I felt after something I said, and it like <laughs> sticks with me forever. <laughs> like you were in a wellness and leniency training kind of talking about 
certain like anxieties, I think is really what it was. And that's what came about. I'm like, oh my God, I still remember in kindergarten where I maybe like pushed somebody's swing too hard and like how they felt about me afterwards. And I really wish that I could have been a better person back then because it's affecting me so much now, right? Everything you say resonates with me because I often wish I'm like, what do I do differently to present myself from being like a cringeworthy communicator sometimes? Yeah, definitely is interesting too, because I know when looking back, you know, um, TTA will be 30 years soon, a year from January, but so many challenges that we've had with employees has basically because it's just like a lack of communication, right? Mm -hmm. Or not communicating properly, where both people had good intentions. They just didn't know how to communicate. And as Mm -hmm. I'm sure you see all the time, Michael, I know we all see like in our personal and professional lives, a lot of times people are pretty much agreeing on the same things, but because of the way that they're communicating, they think it's different. So yeah, absolutely. It is such a key skill. And I know like I certainly have struggled with communication, especially communication in like a large group, because I do get a lot of like social anxiety. So Mm -hmm. I know when we talk about like communication, you said that how you love to communicate in large groups, that's something I would, I I hate. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I know they say, which is, you know, funny, like, okay, well, you have to join like a Toastmasters or Dale Carnegie, but if you already like fear that so much, and I know you have to push against fears. And I, Mm -hmm. I think I do that a lot in like work because everything in you know work you have to like innovate and innovate, yeah. innovate, 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 try, try, try. But mm. but that's like one area where I think I you know I certainly get stuck, and I know a lot of people. I mean, what they say that's people's biggest fear in life is public speaking. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So it's interesting you just mentioned about public speaking, biggest fear in life. I've seen studies that have shown that people will result they're more afraid of public speaking than dying. Now yeah, we heard that exact yes. statistic not long ago. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's mm-hmm. out there. Yeah, it's crazy. I think, I think yesterday I actually just had this conversation with somebody about public speaking and said that people are more afraid of public speaking than death and snakes combined. It's <laughs> like the exact <laughs> statistic, Ooh. right? You got uh, to have snakes in there. Uh, snakes. Been having, exactly. I've been having a lot of snakes around my house lately. Yeah. So- <laughs> So Michael, you have designed a really effective framework called Topra. Am I saying it right? Yes. With elements that are designed to really help people communicate clearly and confidently. Can you tell us more about this and how you came up with this framework? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So I, I, I mean, honestly, I've seen lots of communication frameworks and I like them and, and I like frameworks. I like structure. Structure is helpful for me because I honestly, you may not be able to tell it, I can be all over the place sometimes. So structure is good for me. It gets me in a spot where I can structure things. So I've seen lots of frameworks that I liked, but, but I want to develop something that was simple to understand and simple to use that anybody could really use it without, without a lot of, you know, concern for it's too complicated, or I need somebody to explain this to me for three hours. So I also want it to be universal. I said, I want this to be universal communication framework. So I, I, I spent like a week or so. And honestly, <laughs> I came up with tons of acronyms. I mean, I spent a week, some of them, I can't even remember what they were, but they were terrible. But then when I spelled out Topra, I'm like, you know what? Topra, I th- I, this is it. I mean, I knew I had it. And, and what Topra can do is it can help guide us 
and help us make sure we cover all the critical parts and pieces to what we want to say. It helps us structure things in a way that come out logically, and hopefully it keeps us from rambling on and even sharing more than we even need to. That so, is so me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know so what? Me. <laughs> you know, I, I learned a long time ago when, when, when you're talking to someone, especially an executive, and they ask you a question, answer the question and then stop. Don't give them more because if they want more, they're going to ask for more. But it's always a great idea to answer what is asked and then wait, right? I think it's much more effective that way. And that's what Topper can help you with. It can help you structure what you want to say, and it gives you some boundaries. Now, you don't always have to stay in the boundaries because executives want a conversation. I just mentioned executives, so, so I'll just mention that again, that executives, they want a conversation. It's not about a presentation. It's not one way. So you may have to expand, and that's okay, but structure from Topper gets you to the point where you can share logically based on what that audience needs, and it will help you understand what you want to say and how you want to say it. You want to tell the audience what Topra stands for? I would love to do that. So let me go through it really quick. <laughs> okay. Um, again, sure. I came up with a lot of bad ones. I think this is definitely the best of them all. I'll go through it really quick. So Topra, T-O-P-P-R-A. So the T in Topra stands for topic. And the reason I started with topic is because I discovered that Many people would start having a conversation, they would start an email, they would start a presentation, and they would assume that their audience knew exactly what we were all here to talk about. Not true, my friends. So when we're going to communicate, let's be sure that the people know, here is what we're here to talk about. Here's my topic. So it's pretty simple, T for topic. Here's what we're going to talk about, level set. Then there's an O next, right? O in Topra. I discovered oftentimes when we're communicating, when we're sharing, when we're presenting, when we're talking to an executive, there is some obstacle or challenge we're trying to overcome. So I think it's important for us to start with the topic and then move to the obstacle. You know, what is going wrong? What is the challenge with this topic? So we've got a topic, and then we've got an obstacle that's related to the topic. Be clear on that and share that. Once we share the obstacle, I find it's really important to move to the P, which is the pain. Because when we have challenges in our life, in our work life, in our personal life, it normally causes some type of pain. Sometimes it's a lot of pain. Sometimes it's a little bit of pain. But it's important to let our audiences know, either whether it's one person or a group of people, that, yeah, here's the challenge. And here is the pain that it's causing us as individuals or the pain that's causing the business. Now, once we get through that TOP, topic optical pain, then I think it's important that we need to recommend something. We need to go to the P, which is proposal. You know what? Yes, we've got this stuff going on and it's a challenge and here's the pain, but I've got something we can do about it. Here's what I propose we do about it. And then you just share your proposal. Once you share your proposal, don't stop there, right? But wait, there's more kind of, right? When we do this, here are the results we can expect. So that R stands for results. So we've got topic, obstacle, pain, proposal, results, and then never forget to close with the A, which is your ask. What do you need that audience to know, to do? Do you need something from them? Close with your ask, whatever that may be, but don't forget to close with the ask. It's really critical to do that. And when we can follow that process of T-O-P-P-R-A, 
we can structure things in a way that are logical, our audience can understand it, and then we can always expand from there. Genius. Yes, it really is. We needed that in our last meeting, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's funny because we kind of came together and I could see that weren't very clear on the topic. Like I assumed that everybody knew the topic and then it kind of, you know, we got like off track and stuff and yeah. And then I think we kind of wound up, yeah, less concise and Mm -hmm. we... I think we ended with an ask, but hey, nice job. <laughs> no, I know. I know but there. so the beginning, so we got the ta, but we, we missed a lot of the, the middle. So yeah, the no, pr- it's, yeah, no, <laughs> oh, <laughs> so that's, nice. it's really interesting, you know, because it like, we, we had such a good example case of this. Yeah. So, and I was, I was yeah. walking through some of those conversations, like part of this model, like something that I said, I was like, Oh, here's my topic. Here's what my obstacle was. Here's the pain. Here's the proposal. Mm -hmm. Like literally I could dictate in my head, the things that I would be saying as, as it relates to that, because all of these things make sense in relation to communicating something like, what is it that you're talking about? Mm Why are you talking about it? What's bringing, you know, what's causing this need to kind of bring it up and make change? And how is that change going to come to fruition? Like it just, it makes absolute sense. Absolute sense. Oh, for sure. Uh, For sure. You know, I found myself thinking this way. And sometimes Mm. I'd be like, okay, you know what? That's kind of, I need to stop. I need to stop sometimes. But I think this way. And just like you said, Jocelyn, when I'm thinking about, about, I'm about to talk to someone, I start thinking of it in this logical way, but it has really helped me become more concise because I told you I can be all over the place sometimes. I can ramble on. It could take me five minutes to introduce myself and say my name, right? You may know some people like that, but Topra reins me in and it makes me more effective. Whether I'm a great communicator or not with energy, passion, honestly, if you have lots of energy and passion, but what you're saying makes no sense at all, I don't believe you're a good communicator because people don't understand. It's like, oh, he's, oh, he's funny and he's great and he has energy yeah. and he inspired me with his energy, but I have no idea what he was talking about or what yeah. she was talking about. It, mm-hmm. It's not helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I'm, my wheels are spinning. I agree, I agree with you completely. Now, as far as Topra is concerned, are there elements of it that are, I don't want to say more important necessarily Ooh. because it is a framework in general, but what are the things that kind of stand out in the framework or things that you tend to focus on? Is Am I asking the right question? Yeah, yeah, I think you are because, because what I've learned over time is whenever we are prepared to speak to someone or present something, I think what we typically do in our brains is we will say, well, I'm speaking with Maria and Jocelyn today, and, and I'm going to recommend something. And, and we, we have on our head exactly what I'm recommending, what greatness is going to happen. So we spend so much time on our recommendation, right, our proposal and our results that we forget what I like to say is our top priority. And you know what our top priority should be? T-O-P. Topic. Look at that. Uh, hey, I see okay. what you did there. <laughs> yes. But let me, let me tell you why. It's because often people, I've seen them jump to the conversation and they jump to, you know what? Here's what I recommend we do about this. And here's all the great stuff we're going to get. Here's what I recommend. Wait a minute. Set the stage first. Now, setting the stage 
It could take two minutes. It could take 10 minutes because it depends on your audience, what you're communicating and what you think they need to know. So the TOP is your top priority. It sets the context for your communication. Here's my topic. Here's the obstacle we have to overcome, the challenge. And here's the pain that is causing our business. So don't assume your audience knows the context. Don't skip it unless you are 1 million percent sure that everybody gets it. And you know what? 99.9% of the time, not everyone's going to get it. So go with your top priority. What this does, it level sets the audience, right? It gets them ready to hear everything else you want to cover. Here's the other th thing and the other reason I think it's important. It's because let's say we're meeting with somebody, whether this is an internal you know, person at the company, it's a, a client we're speaking to. We know that there is a challenge going on and we want to recommend how we can help them with that challenge. If we don't mention that obstacle, and then we start giving them recommendations. That person may say, well, hang on a minute, Jocelyn. Um, you're recommending something. Do you even know what the heck is going wrong? Because we haven't mentioned it, right? So that helps the audience say, you know what? Jocelyn knows what's going on. Jocelyn understands the pain, the obstacle. So I'm ready to hear that recommendation. So TOP, that should be our top priority. Don't forget to set the context. I agree. Well, Michael, I'm going to be using this method from now on. Yay, <laughs> Already you've it. convinced me. Mm -hmm. um, it really is such a good framework. It really is. So when you're working with companies, Michael, how do you introduce this? So do you have a specific class on the TAPRA methodology and framework? Or how do you work with clients to start using this methodology? Yeah, so so thank you for that. So so what I typically do is I I like to start out by 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 sharing that yeah you know, I've got workshops I've got some workshops for sure. But what I like to start out first with is setting the stage like we just did. I will use the Topra framework when I'm having a conversation with a prospective client customer and walk them through what I what I believe is going on. And what, what that does for me, it gives me an, a way to share with them later. And by the way, I've talked about the framework. I use that to set all this up. But what I also let them know is that the top of framework is, is nice because it's not only a communication tool that works for conversation. It can work for conversation. It can work for presentation. It can work for an email. It works really, really well for an executive summary. Because we know when we present to an executive, it just ramps everything up. The nerves are higher. The mistakes, we tend to make more because we're nervous. So I like to start at the beginning and say, you know, here's what I see happening. And I'll go through the top of framework with them, right? You know, communication is an important aspect for all of us, for all the reasons I've just mentioned. But then I'll even go through and mention about, you know, that there are so many people out there that are brilliant, but cannot present their ideas effectively, just like I shared earlier. And then I go through that process. And what I think it does for them at the end, they'll say, you know what, I see how you started this and I see how it matches up to the framework and I really like it. But once, once they get to that point, you know, I've got workshops, I've got a communication workshop, I've got an executive presentations workshop. And what the framework can do, what I help people understand is that the framework is not complicated. It's not a two day workshop. You can get this done and, you know, you can get it done in a day. You can get it done in a couple of three-hour sessions virtually. So it's pretty easy to scale, whether it's face-to-face -face or virtual. You can even use this, by the way, 
to set up how you're going to open a conversation. You know, you could go through your topra and that could be exactly how you open in the first 90 seconds of your communication, your presentation. You can even use it to structure your presentation. So that's what I try to tell people. And then I just give them practical examples. Then the next step I take is, if you really would like to pursue this and think about it, what I would love for you to do is you take one of your real life situations that are going on at your business and put it in the top of framework because I want to use that as an example. I want something to be real life for the people that are going to be learning about this so they can say, you know what? Yeah, I understand Topra and I see exactly how it works here at company XYZ. Hope that helps. And I'm happy to, to share more because I could talk forever about that. Absolutely does. does help. Absolutely. It does. Now, in your opinion, I know that this is a particular framework for communication, right? How to do it better, how to be more effective at it. But in your opinion, is there one method of communication that typically works best for an employee? Is there a blended approach? Like how do you establish how to best communicate like to your employees? Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's awesome. So, so the, the, the first thing about that is, is that I mentioned that Topra, right? It's universal, which is great. It can help you structure your thoughts for communicating to anyone, to employees, to executives, to your spouse, to your kids. I've, yes, I said kids. I've used this on my kids. Now, kids don't always think logically, but you know what? It, it has worked on occasion. So you can use it really for communicating to anyone. The information you share, though, it could be different depending on who you're sharing it with, right? I mean, you're communicating with a group of individual contributors. That could be different than when you're communicating with executives and even maybe with managers. So you need to think about your audience and adapt your communication to them. So that's really important. So Topper is great. It can help you form, formulate your thoughts, but it's not a one size fits all. You need to adapt your style. For instance, you can probably tell I'm pretty passionate about what I do. I love what I do and I'm passionate about that. But sometimes I need to temper it a bit depending on my audience. Now, I don't love it, but I know I need to do that. Now, you talked about right, kind of one method. The other thing we need to think about when we're communicating is obviously audience. I think audience is the number one thing to think about. Who's my audience? What do they need from me? What do they need out of this conversation or presentation? And put that into your communication, into your topper framework, right? When you fill that out. But I also know it's important to be authentic. We need to be authentic. And we need to make sure when we're communicating that we're not only, you know, structuring our thoughts in a logical way, we're tempering ourselves when we need to, we're adjusting our communication style, but we need to be authentic. And I mentioned that because when I think of communication, it's hard for me not to think of an example when I was at HP of someone who was not a very effective communicator and they tried to model someone. And when they tried to do it, you could tell they were not being authentic and it made things worse. And as I was thinking about chatting with both of you today, I thought about that person and how much of a struggle it was for them. So I'm not saying, you know, you know, authentically, you may say authentically, you know what, Michael, I'm not a very good presenter. So that's me. Now, that's not what I'm saying. Don't let it be a cop out. I'm not saying don't let I'm not saying let it be a cop out. What I'm saying is you need to be your authentic self. But here's who I think our authentic self is. Think about when you tell a story. Think about when you tell a story to your to whoever it may be, a, a colleague, a coworker, a friend. When we tell stories, we're typically smiling, we're laughing, we're energetic, we're passionate. Sometimes we frown. What I have found with people is I get them to do an activity in a classroom, virtual or face-to-face. -face. I say, sit down and tell me a two-minute story. They do, and they're all those things. 
they're laughing, they're smiling, they're, they're, they're happy, they're energetic. I say, okay, now get up and tell us a business story for two minutes in front of the group. You know what happens? You can probably guess. They become a robot. It's like, oh my gosh, what happened? You're not smiling, you're not moving, there's no energy. What in the world just happened? So I firmly believe in my heart, in my gut, that the real communicator in us is the storyteller in us. And we have been telling stories for a long time as humans, right? We know how to tell stories. Now, I am not naive enough to know that nerves don't play a role when we get up in front of people. I get it. And Maria, you mentioned that earlier, right? So I get that, right? I'm not discounting that. There are things, though, that we can do to help us overcome nerves. So I really urge everyone listening to think about this. Whatever you're presenting, think about that storyteller in you. Let the storyteller out because then you're going to be energetic and passionate and you're going to share your communication in a really effective way. So I, I feel strongly about that. The storyteller in us is that communicator in us. So you need to make adopt, you need to make adaptions, obviously when you're communicating about your audience. But don't forget about those really important pieces. I mean, there are other things to think about like personal presence that maybe we can talk about at some other time, but there's lots of things involved with the communicating. Topper for me is the kind of the level set, the structure. Let's get started here. Let's be, you know, um, let's be logical when we're, when we're thinking about this process and talking to people. Then we need to add some things, right, around communication and presence, et cetera. Absolutely. No, right on. And I can relate to so much of what you're saying. I know even back in the days when we have company meetings, I would sit there and take copious notes of what I was going to say. And I felt like, you know, I was up there kind of sounding like a robot, but then I'm like, okay, speak from my heart. I, I know this stuff, yes. you know? So, and then it just, it becomes more of a dialogue and more storytelling. You're in that mode of it. So it's more authentic. So Absolutely. So, yes. you know, now since, you know, we're talking about this, I think I now, Mike, have developed my own framework and I'm going to call it a topra and I'm going to put audience in front of it. Oh, I like it. We have to think about them. We do. No, I know. Very important. That's obviously a joke. So I'm not going to try to steal your framework, but no, but oh. the, it's, it's really interesting. And, and absolutely, like I'm, I'm picturing right now when I'm writing, writing client emails, this framework you oh, know, yes. absolutely can work yes. in so many areas. So For I, I sure. really like it, it a lot. Obviously, you've worked with a lot of corporations. What do you see and like, what do they come back to you? And, and what, what are their favorite things about after going through these communication building programs? You know, it's interesting. One of the, one of the things I've seen that, that, that obviously it's like music to my heart, it makes my heart smile, is they will come back to me from time to time, fairly often actually, and say, you know what we started doing here is we have started saying, you know what, I don't, if you're going to create a presentation, I don't want to see the presentation. I want to see your top framework. I want to see what you're going to communicate. Don't, don't give me the presentation. I don't care about it. Start with the top framework. Show me what you're planning to talk about and let's critique that and work that and then come back to me with your presentation. And to me, it's music to my heart because it gives us an opportunity to step back, think about what we want to communicate, how we want to communicate it before we just start like what? Open up slides. You've probably all, you've all been here. You open up slides, you start doing stuff. Four hours later, you look up and you say, oh my gosh, where has the time gone? I've accomplished nothing. 
start with framing what you want to say. So I love it when they come back to me and say things like, Michael, we asked for their top of framework before they create their presentation. I also love to come back and say, you know what? It's easy to follow. It's not difficult. It's easy for our groups to follow and they like it because of its simplicity. So those are the two most common things that bring, uh, that bring joy to me when I hear it's simple, it's easy, it makes sense. And we want to see their top of framework before they do anything else. Love it. So as we wrap up today, Michael, you've mentioned that when a person knows what they want to say and how to say it, they will be more effective and the topper framework helps them get there. For our listeners, what would your one last little piece of advice be Uh, for their improved communication journey? Oh my gosh. One, 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 Michael. (laughs) Jocelyn, you're such a taskmaster. I got a plan. I need to, I have a framework I'm sticking to, too, Michael. So, (laughs) hey, I'm a a believer in frameworks. I'll do my best. So, you know what? Um, I'll give it a shot. So, for me, the first step really is you've got to decide that you want to improve. But along with that, don't be hard on yourself. You, but you've got to decide you want to improve because the top of framework, any framework, anything in life, if you don't make a decision that you want to improve, honestly, we're not going to get better because learning is a journey. Learning can take time. I recommend embrace the journey, knowing that you're going to improve, right? Don't get down on yourself. Don't talk negative to yourself because you know what? That doesn't do anybody any good. Go into that journey with a positive mindset celebrate your victories and learn from your setbacks because we're going to have some, we're not perfect. And in that process, we will get better, but we need to go into it knowing that we may fail, we may stumble, but don't give up because there is hope, right? If you're not that effective at communicating, you want to get better, you can get better. There you have it. I love it. Yes, I agree. You have to be able to commit to something in order to make a change. And that's really what it is, is making that decision that today's the day that I'm going to take step one. So I agree, a little push in the right direction. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of pushing in a certain direction, we are now going to come to my favorite part of the show, which is the TTA 10. It's the TTA 10, 10 final questions for our guest. All right, Michael. So as we were discussing in the beginning of the show, we have a new segment called the TTA 10. I don't even know if I can call it new anymore because now it's established and a real thing. Um, But this is 10 final questions, rapid fire. You have 90 seconds or less to answer the questions. Okay. So Michael. I'm nervous. But are you ready? I'm I'm ready. I'm always ready, but let's do it. All right, David, give me the go ahead when the clock is ready, please. We've got... 90 seconds on the clock beginning now. All right, Michael, what is your favorite driving song? Uh, Back in Black. What is 13 plus 6? 19. What was the last book that you finished? A Will of Time book in the Will of Time series. Fantastic series. Who would you cast to play you in a movie about your life? I think DiCaprio would do a nice job. Leonardo. It'd have to be Leonardo. Fabulous. If you were a superhero, what would your superpower be? My superpower would be, I'd be a mind reader. Even though I'd probably hate it, I'd be a mind reader. (laughs) What pandemic phrase would you like to officially retire? 
Zoom fatigue. I don't want to hear the word ever again, please. <laughs> if you could learn a brand new skill today, what would it be? Dancing. I'm a horrible dancer. In The Little Mermaid, what is the name of Ariel's pet fish? I have no idea, but I'm going to say Nemo, even though I'm wrong. I got to name some <laughs> kind of fish. Pancakes or waffles? Oh, pancakes all day. And what is your favorite pizza topping? Ooh, gosh, there's so many good ones. Um, I'm going to go out of the box and say goat cheese. Oh, okay. Well, with that, we need a time stop on the clock, David, and tell us our results, please. Yes, tallying the results to see if Michael made it within the allotted time of 90 seconds. Drum roll, please. One minute, 28 seconds, just barely. Michael is a yes, yes. champion. And that, now, that little mermaid question, that was a problem. Yeah. You made me think well, about yeah, it. Problem on that one, but it doesn't matter. You finished in time, and thus, it's time to celebrate Michael Stein. Oh, yes. <laughs> Michael, you are a TTA 10 champion. You may shout this news from the top of the Houston Astrodome, if it still exists, I don't remember. Amaze your friends and include it on your resume. Now that you have achieved this coveted honor, you will be respected and loved by captains of industry, heads of state, and fellow famous Houstonians, Hillary Duff, Wes Anderson, and Shelley Duvall. The sun will shine brighter for you, food will taste better, and life will have new meaning. Congratulations, Michael. You are a TTA 10 champion. And let us all admit, to borrow a motto created by a Houston apparel company, F you, Houston's awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, Congratulations, oh, Michael. Congratulations, Michael. <laughs> If you're interested in utilizing the Topra framework and bringing Michael into your organization, visit us at thetrainingassociates.com. We'll see you later.